You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a Bible Doctrine series by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. What does it teach us? What does God's grace teach us? That we can just continue in sin that grace may abound? What does God's grace teach us? That denying ungodliness. Deny that. Turn away from that. Denying ungodliness. Worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and what? Godly in this present world. Do we live in a very ungodly world? But in a godly world ungodly world, we are called upon as God's people to live godly. Let me tell you what we're going to do here this evening. It's been a few weeks because of the holidays since we've been in our series here. Of course, you know I'm a review guy and I think it's really important to kind of re-cement those things in our mind. But tonight we're going to talk about forgiveness again. Actually, we're going to talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about it next week, Lord willing. Because if we don't come to the place where we are fully surrendered to the Lord and our rights are yielded to him, we're going to turn into bitter people. There are things that are going to happen in our lives that aren't right. People are going to hurt us. They're going to offend us. People are going to take advantage of us. We're going to have, listen, there's a lot of hurts in this life. Sometimes those hurts come from people that we'd least expect it from. Remember what David said. He said, we used to walk in the house of the Lord in company. But even he has lifted up his heel against me. His words were like drawn swords. If it was an enemy, I could have borne that, but it was my friend, my equal. So sometimes those hurts come from people we would never expect them to come from. One thing my wife just said to me earlier this week, she goes, you know what? One thing I have learned, you can never, ever count on people ever staying the same. We change, don't we? Hopefully we're changing for the good. But how many of you here have ever been disappointed by someone and you thought they would have never have done that? Yeah. So let's do our review about living a godly life. Let's let's just get committed to this thing of living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present wicked world in which God hath placed us. It requires the pursuit of holiness. Did we just hear a message on that on Sunday? Holiness, the pursuit of holiness, the pursuit of sanctification, all tied together, living a separate life as unto the Lord, living in the world but not being of the world. So that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Not to be influenced by this world, but only by God's word. To come to the place, that someone, that beautiful song Alyssa just saying, coming to that place of full surrender, the place of being fully yielded to the Lord Is it possible to live soberly, righteously, and godly? Well, the answer is yes. Why would God ask us to do something that we are incapable of doing? But we know we have to do it through him. I can do all things, what? Through Christ. I can live a holy life. I can live a sanctified life. I can live a surrendered. I can do this, but through Christ. Yes, we can. But we have to develop these eight disciplines that we've been studying over these past several weeks. First of all, was the discipline of what? The discipline of prayer. It is impossible to live godly in this present world without having a prayer life, bottom line. You gotta become men and women of prayer. Then we gotta live by what? Faith, because without it, it's impossible to even please the Lord. Then we saw that we have to live a life of meditation upon God's word. Hopefully you were meditating on God's word Today, I was trying to teach uh, one of my grandsons on the way to church here. It is never wrong, it is never right to do wrong to do right. And yet there's a lot of people that believe that. They say, you know, I know I need to do this, but I'll make this compromise down here in order to accomplish that. Never. That's why God's word has to become a part of us. All right? we got to meditate upon the Word of God. So immediately when those temptations come to do wrong, to do right, we can discern that. And, you know, I had my wife give that testimony here of just, you know what, today I had to pull up a few scriptures. I did. 
I'm just so discouraged by what I was seeing there in the news of what's happening in our country and the possibility of where this is all going to take us. I still had to realize he's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. So we got to meditate upon those scriptures. Next, we got to live what? We got to live an obedient life. We got to live a life of obedience. Each one of these we took a, a week on. Then we saw we need to live in the filling of the Holy Spirit, something I talk about all the time. Be not drunk with wine, controlled by wine, but be controlled or filled with the Holy Spirit. The evidence of that is that you will be manifesting the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and you'll also be actively involved in using the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given you. Then we entered, I think we spent a couple weeks on this one, <clears throat> looking at a life of giving to God and to others. That also has to become a discipline of giving to the Lord and then giving to others as well. Give and it shall be what? Given, given unto you the promise of Scripture. Lay up treasures where? In heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt. Now we come to where we were last time, and that is living a life of forgiveness. Forgiveness is never what? It's never easy. We are commanded to forgive, but it's not easy to forgive. We're emotional people, and so we have to have that emotional release also as well of the offense that has come our way. So it's not easy, but the Bible said, be kind one to another, tended hearted, what? Forgiving. I can't hear you, what? Forgiving, Forgiving. what? Forgiving. One another, no exceptions. We need to forgive each other. We are to forgive as God for Christ's sake hath what? Forgiven. forgiven us. He is the example of forgiveness. What kind of forgiveness was that? Unconditional forgiveness. We're to give unconditional forgiveness to others. We looked at the, the definition of bitterness because if we don't forgive, obviously that breeds bitterness in our life. How many of you here have ever been bitter? I have. We all have, right? Say, why did, why did we get bitter? Because we failed to forgive as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. So the word means to undergo some painful, unpleasant injury, grief, affliction, or trial. How many have ever under, undergone any of those? Okay, so then when that happens to us, and it is going to happen, we can't live in this life, Man is born to trouble, as sparks fly upwards, trials is just a part of this life. But it's when an individual brings that into our life, we have a tendency to give in to the temptation to become very bitter toward them because we're now suffering. None of, none of us like to suffer, okay? How many right now can pull up an event in their mind of someone who brought suffering into their life? See how quickly we could pull that up? Unless, unless we cast that down, we can develop a bitter spirit. Also thought it was interesting here, the meaning is to build a case. You build a case against that person. You build a case and stand against someone for revenge and for his or her destruction. How many have ever wished that someone would get revenge for what they did to you? All right. The rest of you aren't being honest. We all have those ten. God, get them. Have any of you ever read the Psalms? What is David saying over and over again in the Psalms? God, get them. <laughs> I'm not saying that was a good thing, Deb. I'm just saying David struggled with the same things we struggle with. But if ye, I like this word, what? Bite. How many have ever bit back? President Trump was biting back today. He had had it. He was fed up. He was biting back. We all have a tendency when we are bitten to bite back. But is that what God wants us to do? Now, some of us just need to carry around a muzzle. I like this verse. I say it quite often to folks. Not that I always do it myself. I'm doing better, though. Seriously, I'm doing better in my old age. 
When I was younger, man, I bit back with Phil Westheimer, I don't know how many times. I know, he was, he was biting too. It's amazing we didn't devour one another. But a soft answer, what? You know what, even Phil Westheimer's getting softer in his old age. You are, aren't you? Yeah. You know what I've learned? Any of those secrets I've learned, especially young people? It doesn't do any good to bite back. But a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words, those angry, bitter words, all they do is what? They just stir up anger. It, you ever stop saying, this never works, so why do I keep doing it? We looked at a description. Again, I'm giving you some new information, kind of bebopping back and forth from the new to the old. But it's like, it, the Bible describes bitterness as poison, wormwood, and gall. We went through and looked at each one of those and what that means. But this, let me tell you, it's nasty. Okay? And I love what someone said. It's kind of stuck with me. Bitterness is like drinking poison expecting the offender to die. Amen? All of us who have been bitter and have dealt with bitterness and struggled with bitterness say, man, that really hurt me. It hurt me because bitterness in the heart defiles many others. It also hurt me in my relationship with the Lord. Becoming bitter never, ever, 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 ever does anything good. It's poisonous. And we're really just hurting ourselves and really hurting those who are close to us when we become bitter and bring that poison into our homes. Here's something else that's very important. This is old information, but I'm going to give it a, a, a little new twist here. Bitterness is simply not is the result of not seeing suffering from God's perspective. That's what, that's what we've been on here in Sunday morning, dealing with suffering. This, this Sunday coming up, I'm going to be preaching on rejoicing and suffering. Can we, re, can we rejoice even when we're suffering? That's going to be our subject Sunday. Yes, we can. But we can only do this if we have a godly perspective of suffering. If we don't have God's perspective, which is wisdom, wisdom seeing life from God's point of view, but if we don't have God's perspective on our suffering, then what's going to happen? Come on, talk to me, church. What's going to happen? We're going to get bitter. Because we'll only see it from our perspective. That's why we've got to get past the present and the future. God, what are you, what are you doing here? Why are you, why are you allowing this to happen? When you're suffering, the very first thing you should say is, God, why? It could be that we brought it upon ourselves, just being stupid, okay? There's a lot of people that are suffering financially, because, but it's because of stupid decisions they've made. Amen. So what is God's purpose in suffering? Is there a purpose in our pain? Just think if we didn't have pain. Now, I don't know how many of you like pain. I don't like pain, but aren't you glad you have pain receptors? Because that protects the whole body, doesn't it? One of the verses, I, I've said it over and over again in this series. Why don't we read it together? Ready? But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I said to a fellow yesterday who was going through an unbelievable amount of suffering, he actually threw his arms around me. Joe, can you stand up? Not that I'm really into hugging you, but you're, you're available, okay? He threw his arms around me. He buried his head in my neck, and he wept and wept and wept and wept and wept. Want to know why? Because he was suffering. And it was hurting. But then I was able to quote this verse and say, listen, this is what God is up to when suffering comes into our life. I said, he is perfecting us, make you perfect. I said, you and I aren't there yet. He goes, we're going to be there when we get to heaven. I said, but he's concerned about perfecting us right now. 
I think all of us who are older can look back and see how God did a perfecting work in our life through suffering. He'll make you perfect, he'll establish you, make you stronger, strengthen, settle. Then the next, the next time the suffering comes, it's not as hard to deal with. You're settled, right? Remember how Satan desires to have us and sift us like we? We're settled because we've seen what God has done in the past. He'll bring me through this. Hey, do you think it's unsettling for Larry, who has saved and saved and saved and saved and been disciplined, to look and watch his retirement go out the window? How many say that's unsettling? It's unsettling. But God said, no, through this, I'm going to settle you. Another verse we'll deal with Sunday. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Can we rejoice in suffering? Ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Here's what we need to understand. Suffering is only for a season. Some seasons are longer than others, aren't they? I lived in the Upper Peninsula. Believe me, at that time when I lived up there, the season of winter was long. I'm already ready for it to be over with. You know, deer season's over, snow can go away, grass can start growing. It's a season. We, listen, we have to stay faithful during these seasons. I don't like all the seasons that we have to go through. But they're seasonal. Have you ever said, God, would you just hurry up? You know how he always responds to me when I say, God, would you just hurry up? He says, a day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. That is the verse that the Holy Spirit pops into my mind, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's like God said, I don't operate on your time schedule. Think of that. A day is with the Lord is a thousand years. He doesn't keep time like we do. If need be, you're in heaviness. Oh, it's heavy. Through manifold temptations or trials. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold to perish, although it be tried with fire, fiery, ouch, might be found of the praise and honor and the glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We saw that many people, I would say probably most people, who are bitter don't recognize that they're bitter. They'll say, I've been hurt, I've been disappointed, I've been offended, but admitting that they're bitter. But here's, here's the thing, church. Until we admit it, it's like admitting it is halfway of coming to victory. But you've got to, you got to be able to say, I am bitter. Not I've been hurt, not I've been disappointed, not that person offended me. I am bitter, and bitterness is personal sin. This is the great deception. It's spiritual warfare. Think of that. Bitterness is one of those fiery darts that Satan flings at us. And how many of you are vulnerable to that dart? Unless we lift up the shield of faith, which is the word of God, we will not be able to quench that fiery dart. It'll hit us every time. He's really good at it, isn't he? He is a good archer, believe me. He can throw darts. It's also common for a person who is bitter to say, I love God. But is it possible to love God and be bitter at the same time? Not according to 1 John chapter 3. Not according to Matthew chapter 11. So though you may think you love the Lord... Really, you don't, because if you love the Lord, what does John 14 say? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and one of the commandments is to forgive. So I guess it really comes down to how much do we love the Lord over loving ourselves? This is such an important verse. Therefore, if they bring thy gift to the altar, and there remember that thy brother hath aught against thee, Leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary. What? Quickly. Maybe God will convict you about someone tonight that you are bitter toward, that you need to go to. 
Agree with your adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into what? Prison. What are we talking about here? We're talking about being in a prison of bitterness. How often shall my brother trespass against me, Peter said? How about this, Lord? Seven times? Doesn't that sound spiritual? And the Lord said, Peter. How many times did the Lord say, Peter? Peter, Peter, Peter. Just like if I would, he said, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. And then he goes on to tell about someone who owed the master ton of money and you, you know the story right I don't time I can't get into it but he said unless you forgive you will be cast into prison until you pay the other uttermost farthing so here's what happens um, how many here again we'll say there's been times I've been bitter let me see your hand okay when you were bitter what were you in you were locked up in prison and whether you realize it or not it I don't know anyone in prison there probably is some nutcases out there. But I don't know anyone in prison that says, man, I'm glad I'm here. Well, I just love being here. I just love getting locked up at night. No, I don't think so. We lose our joy. What do we talk about Sunday? What was Sunday morning? How to have joy and happiness in life. Well, one way is by developing the discipline of quickly forgiving those who trespass against us. We don't want to be locked up in prison. So uh, that is the key to freedom. You know, one of the things that really just so bothered me today is I could realize with this new administration coming in, it looks like it's going to happen, right? With this new administration coming in, we're going to lose. If they have their way, and if they follow through with their stated agenda, we're going to lose a lot of our freedoms. Don't lose your freedom in Christ. Don't give it up. Don't voluntarily lock yourself in prison. Forgive us our debts as we... Really, is that how you want God to forgive you in the same way you forgive others? So now we want to look at some steps that we need to take if we are going to conquer with the Lord's help, obviously, but if we're going to conquer bitterness in our lives, we can't play the blame game. I'm bitter, but if they wouldn't have done that, if they wouldn't have said that, it's not my fault, it's their fault. I'm bitter because of them. We have to take responsibility. Just think if this were the judgment seat tonight. And we had to stand before the Lord right now tonight and give an account of our bitterness. wonder how many good group here tonight. Thank you for coming on a Wednesday night. But let's say you had to give an account tonight about your bitterness. I wonder if there's anyone here tonight that would have to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I've been bitter. We have to take responsibility. Can't say I'm not. We have to say I am. Okay? Now, it's, it's easy. the easiest thing to do is to blame someone else. Okay? But in order for a person to come to victory over bitterness, they have to come to a place of repentance. You can't come to a place of repentance until you what? Hello, are you all with me tonight? Until you take responsibility. This is sin. The way I feel towards that person, this is wrong. 
Number one, we have to repent of temporal values. What is, what is something that's temporal? What is that? What is something that's temporal? Short term. Okay, somebody else. What? Something that's not eternal. Yeah, that pretty much covers everything. Thanks a lot. Something you can lose, something can be taken away. Not eternal, doesn't last forever. Moth and rust corrupt, these break through and steal. All temporal things, okay? When someone takes advantage of one of your temporal things, we have a temptation to what? Get bitter. We can get bitter towards our husband, towards our wives, towards our children. There's been things that have happened in the church here that um, I didn't know who did it, but if I would have known who did it, I would have been very upset with them. So I'm glad I didn't know who did it. Amen? Amen. Getting a preacher upset, that's not good. It's a bad, it's a bad thing. But you know, we all say, I have my rights. And what do we wrap our rights around? We wrap our rights around temporal things. And, and here's a lift to some. I have my right to privacy. No, you don't if you have 10 kids. I remember seeing the, I think it was a YouTube or something, someone showed me, it was this mom, and she had a, she just had it with the kids, and she went into the laundry room, and she was eating a, 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 a Twizzler, cherry Twizzler. She's, she's on the floor, and the lights are out, and she's eating this Twizzler, and you can see the hand of a little kid reaching under the door. <laughs> like, Mom, you can't get away! No privacy. Have a right not to be bothered. Respected. I don't know if Levi remembers this. I got pulled over by a DNR officer. Do you remember that? It was a few years ago. Pulled over by a DNR officer. He said I had run a red light, and I said I did it. And I believed I did. I, I went through it. It was yellow, but I see it was red. So he pulls me over. And he was a young guy. And he was so disrespectful. I wasn't being disrespectful. I said, I didn't, I thought it was yellow. I didn't, I didn't know it turned red as I was, yep, yeah, turned red. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, I didn't know a DNR officer could pull me over. He goes, I have more authority than the state police. I went, you cocky brat. That's what I thought. <laughs> and uh, so he takes my license. He goes back and he comes back and he goes, are you carrying your weapon? And I said, no, I, I don't have my weapon on me. Are you sure you don't have your weapon? No, I don't, I don't have my weapon on it because he, he saw I had a concealed weapons permit. And he didn't give me a ticket after all that grumbling and being mean to me. And then as we were pulling out, Levi said this. He goes, Dad, I have never seen anyone talk so disrespectful to you. You know what? I still don't like that guy. <laughs> I have no idea who he is or what his name is, but I don't like him. <laughs> All right, I'm the preacher. You don't have to fling it up here. But look at all those things. How many, how many of you can look up there at that list? Look, look at that one. Says, I, I have a right to my rest. It used to be, don't wake dad up. Do not wake dad up. How many of you are looking at that list can say, boy, have my rights ever been violated? You know what? It goes back to that song Alyssa sang. 
we got to yield. You know how hard it is to yield our rights? Every single time you get bitter, it's because you're holding on to a right. It's my right. Josiah, that's what you said. It's not eternal. I believe the most difficult thing while we're living in this temporal life is to be eternally focused. How many would agree with me there? It's the mo- it is the most difficult thing as a Christian. And, and, and Satan hammers us on this. <clears throat> Bitterness is a result of refusing to yield personal rights. Look at this collage of pictures I threw up there. You know, if that doesn't say a thousand words, pick whichever one. I like that one where that guy's going, there she goes again. Also, that one of the kids there. Boy, kids are always fighting over their rights, aren't they? The nursery is the most carnal place in the church. That's why I don't ever want to step in there. Stay away from all those carnal people in there. Bitterness reveals covetousness. We're holding on to it. And then when someone takes that away, oh, we get, we get bitter. Covetousness is identified. It's, it's really unbelievable, but the Bible calls it idolatry. Does he want, why, why is covetousness idolatry? Stop and think about it. Why? What is idolatry? The worship of we would say a false god, right? So why is covetousness equivalent in God's eyes to idolatry? On a thing. Really, it's the worship of self. I'm, I'm more important than anything. Covetousness. I don't mean to pick on our teenagers, though I, I know I pick on you guys a lot. The only reason I pick on you is because I love you. Seriously. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't pick on you. But why is it so difficult to get our teenagers just to surrender to the Lord? Because they're focused on themselves. It's my life. I'll live the way I want to live, dress the way I want to dress, listen to what I want to listen to, have the friends I want to listen to, mom and dad. What is that? That's idolatry. It's covetousness. Thou shalt not, the last commandment, number 10, anything that is thy neighbor's. Covetousness. Me, 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 me. We brought nothing into this world, and it is what? Boy, there's one thing we can be certain about. We're not taking anything out. They had Pastor Bruce's family all line up, give some privacy as they closed the casket. The funeral director reached in, and he took some valuable things out of the casket to give back to the family. The only thing Pastor had was his Bible when they shut the casket. When I stood at my dad's casket, the funeral director asked, he was a Christian man, and one of the things that they always asked the family for were eyeglasses because they would send the eyeglasses of the person who's passed away to the mission field. And so I took off my, I took off my dad's eyeglasses, and I took the ring off my dad's finger. And that's why I wear two rings. Because dad wasn't going to take it with him. Think of how upset and angry and bitter we get toward people over things that are just temporal. Having food and raiment. Let us therewith be content. 
we should shut this down. This is just getting too convicting for this preacher right here tonight, okay? Bitterness is conquered when we look to the Lord for our reward. Sometimes we get bitter at someone because we didn't get the raise, we didn't get the promotion, we didn't get the acknowledgement. But, but we're not here to serve men, we're here to serve the Lord. Knowing of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. We're doing it as unto the Lord. We also need to view temporal losses as spiritual gain. Temporal losses. What do you have right now that you cannot lose tonight? What do you have? What do you have? Think of that. Everything that you have, every temporal thing you have, it could be gone tonight. When I was in college, we, we had no money, nothing. We were... We live by faith. So, um, fellow asked me if I want to go bow hunting with him that night, and I said, love to go bow hunting. So we went out bow hunting. Well, we were actually walking out of the woods. We heard fire trucks. And I said, oh, someone's house is burning. Come to find out, it was our house. And our trailer was burning. Shelley had made a phone call. Someone had come and got her. That was before cell phones. Someone had come and got her. She was back at the college, and our trailer had burned. Totally unlivable. I went out and looked at the trailer, and I was like, oh, my soul. We had no money. We didn't have it insured. I was driving back to the school because someone told me we could stay with them. Driving back to the school, I hit a deer and totaled my car. So now I lost my car, and I lost my house all in one night. Temporal losses, you know what it did? It gave me spiritual gain. I was forced to have to trust the Lord to take care of our needs. And guess what? I'm standing here right now, so I guess he took care of our needs, right? Brother, I caught not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to the things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Whenever we experience a temporal loss, there's a spiritual gain that can come if we respond to it correctly. Number two is repentance of pride. Repentance of covetousness and now repentance of pride. Guess what? If we didn't, only by pride cometh contention. If we didn't have pride, we would never become bitter. But you can't become bitter if you're walking in humility. So think about that. Every time, every time you got bitter, you had a temporal focus. Every time you got bitter, there was an element of pride there. The pride of life runs deeply in all of our hearts. In some people's life, it runs really deep. I mean, they're just prideful, arrogant, narcissists. But think of the pride of life. It's the craving for attention. How many know people that just, they crave attention? You know, we see a lot of kids, right? We had, uh, let me see, we had one, two, three, four of our grandchildren over to the house today, and they were the little girls. Can they scream? <laughs> All day. They never stop. And here I am trying to watch this historic event. 
that's taking place on the TV and I can't even hear what's going on. They're just screaming. And they're making things. Okay? And they come into my office. I don't know how many times wanting to show me what they've made. Oh, honey, that's just absolutely beautiful. They want attention. Five minutes later, they come in and they show you the very same thing. <laughs> honey, that's, that's beautiful. That's awesome. No, that was a new one. I didn't recognize it was a new one, but that was a new one they made. It was just like the other one, but it was a new one. Children thrive on attention. Let me tell you something. It's really bad as we get older if we are so prideful that we thrive on the attention of others. People crave position, authority, identity. They crave appreciation. I'm not appreciated. I'm out of here. I am. Uh, I'm getting a message prepared for Sunday. I'm working on it somewhat today. And it's about uh, how important it is to be faithful to your church. And I start coming up with a list of all the reasons why people leave church. And one of the reasons, I'm just not appreciated around here. I got a whole list of you. Wait till I give them to you. I'm, I'm going to give some of you more excuses than you've ever thought possible. Just want to be appreciated. Don't get appreciated, you get bitter. A pride of life. Number three, thank God for allowing the offense. Ooh. Ouch. In everything? What do you think everything includes? <laughs> except. We always put those exceptions in. Everything except. But thank God for allowing the offense. I said, thank God for allowing the offense. Not the necessarily the offense itself, but for what God's good purposes are in allowing the offense. Listen, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be thankful if my wife gets killed in a car accident. But I can be thankful for what God is going to do in my life and in my family's life, maybe our church life, through taking my wife home to glory. See, there's a difference there. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything. God is not responsible. You know what? God gets blamed like for everything. <clears throat> How many have, well, when you were raising children or have children come to you and they say, it's not my fault, he did it. So today all these little girls are eating supper at our house and there's candy wrappers all over my floor in my office. And I said, okay, who left the candy wrappers in my office? They all point to each other. <laughs> we got it narrowed down to two. So I had them both come and pick up the wrappers. God's not responsible for the wrongdoing of those who hurt us. Don't blame God. But God has promised that he's going to take that offense. And he's going to benefit our lives as a result of it. If you've walked with the Lord for any period of time, you can look back at things that really hurt, things that really were offensive, things that you struggled with bitterness over. But then you can think, man, I'm glad that happened because look at where I am now because of it. Look at how God is using me now. Look at what character he's developed in me now through it. What causes, <clears throat> what causes ungratefulness? To, you see, bitterness comes because we're ungrateful. We become ungrateful because we assume that God owes us something. That's where that making a deal with God comes in. Let me tell you something. God, the Bible says God will be a debtor to no man. God doesn't owe me anything. I owe God everything. But God doesn't owe me anything. I mean, we, got, we need to get our theology right here. This is the prevailing attitude with the idea God wants me to be full of happiness and prosperity in life. God wants me to be rich. Um, I don't know why I can ever think of this guy's name. He's got, I think it's the biggest church or one of the biggest churches down in uh, Texas. Guy Smiley. He smiles all the time. 
Joel Osteen. I was reading some of his quotes. One of his quotes, he literally says, God wants you to be rich. But the Bible says God has made the rich and the poor. This is, this is this whole movement behind the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel that I mention so often. You, you pull up Lakewood Church. Come on, I can remember his church. I never, never remember his name. You pull up Lakewood Church. I mean, it is a coliseum. 43,000 people attend on a weekly basis. To hear this motivational preacher. He's not a preacher of the gospel. He's a motivational preacher. So that's that idea. God owes me. So if something happens to hinder that, or a person's life is cut short, then God's to blame. Listen to these verses. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Shall the clay, that's us, shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, what makest thou? Why did you make me this way? Man, I had to, I had to deal with that. God, why did you make me the way that you made me? We all have that, not all, but a lot of people have that insecurity issue. Why did you make me this way? Why didn't you make me pretty? Why didn't you make me smart like other people? Wilt thou say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O oh man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed us say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay, over the same lump, to make one vessel of honor and another unto dishonor? You know what I found? I found that many people are angry with God. They don't like their life. They don't like what's happening. They're shaking their fist at God. That's why a lot of folks just walk out of church. They get bitter toward God. That hurts us. Not only does that hurt us, but that hurts our family, and that hurts Christ's church. What a terrible testimony. That was the attitudes of Job's wife. Was she angry with God? Curse God and die! Why dost thou retain thy integrity? But Job's attitude, God giveth, God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When he hath tried me. Finish it. Finish it, church. When he hath tried me, what? I shall come forth as gold. He could see what God was up to. He looked past the present on into the future. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Wow. How many of you would have been sinning with your lips? Maybe I would have been. Lost his wealth. Lost his, lost his transportation. <laughs> lost his servants. Lost all of his cattle, investment. Lost his house, lost his ten children, lost his health. How many of you, be honest with me, how many of you think you would be sinning with your lips about right then? I would have, I, I'm telling you, right now, I would have been complaining up a storm. I'd have been saying, God, this isn't fair. What did I do to deserve this? There's been times I've asked that about my wife's health. 
I don't know why. I don't know why she can't be here tonight. She, she got exposed somehow some, sometime today to mold and she's twitching and jerking. And Oh, by the way, have you ever had anyone say to you, that's not fair? Is there anywhere in the Bible that says God's a fair God? Life is not fair. God is a just God. But life isn't fair. Why is it fair that I have health but Larry doesn't? Why is that fair? I mean, come on. Oh, I can't believe it. Though he slay me, yet will I what? I shall come forth as gold. If God gave us what we deserve, none of us would be alive. You know where we all would be? If you can see that picture there, it's hard to see. It's a little dark. We'd be on our way to a Christless eternity. We'd be on our way to hell. I'm not even close to being done with this lesson tonight. It's 10 after. I was excited to finish this tonight. But we're going to finish right here. Some people say, I deserve better. Really? I like what Dave Ramsey has coined better than I deserve. We are all better than we deserve. Listen, I guess I'll take what's left tonight and roll it into next week. I'd like every head bowed and every head closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.